Welcome back to Excess and Defect 2020, a Linton podcast series on the seven deadly sins uh, and how we can overcome them in our lives. I'm Deacon Will, and uh, we're coming at you from St. Mary's Seminary. Today I'm joined by uh, two seminarians again from, uh, from our Diocese of Austin. we got with us, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves here. Enrique Sada Coeto. And Antonio Aviles Jr. Awesome. Uh, and uh, today we're going to talk about uh, an animal. Uh, we're going to talk about a sloth. Oh, beautiful so, animal. A sloth. Yes. A sloth, right? So I think some, someone told me that uh, uh, if you call it a sloth, it's the animal and sloth is the, the, uh, the, the vice. Oh, or something okay. Like that. I don't know if that's true. Um, I always get them mixed up constantly. So um, Whatever y'all decide on, I'm going with the opposite. What? <laughs> Antonio loves uh, a little bit of contradiction, so that's okay. No, I don't. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, good. So what's, what is sloth? What is sloth? What is sloth? <laughs> this is good because, uh, it, you know, you're, the reticence uh, of uh, desire to, um, to answer the question is an example of sloth in one way or another, I think. Um, sloth is sorrow at spiritual good. Mm. Sorrow at spiritual good. Or lethargy with regard to spiritual things. Kind of makes me think, as I hear you say that, almost like the opposite of excellence in some ways. I don't know if that would be legitimate. What are your thoughts, Deacon Will? You mean the opposite of excellence? Yeah. Like, um, well, that's an interesting question. Yeah, so... The, the opposite of uh, of Lad Spears is entering the room right now. Uh, please, please keep your seats. Keep your seats. Uh, good. Um, we will. Uh, so, Enrique. Uh, so we just started, Lad. Oh, good. Okay. So hello. So we got Lad Spears from our uh, diocese coming back at you. We just said that sloth was uh, sorrow at spiritual good. Sorrow at spiritual good, and Enrique said that that made him think of um, the idea that it wasn't. It's like the opposite of the pursuit of excellence. The opposite of the pursuit of excellence. Yeah, I didn't say it like that, but that's what I meant. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm jumping in like mid thought here. Yeah. First question off the bat: Is the proper pronunciation sloth or sloth? We literally just talked about this. <laughs> okay, never mind. We're I'll going listen, with. I'll listen to the episode. We're going to go with sloth being the animal and sloth being the vice. And maybe we'll just uh, get rid up. of the whole controversy and call it all Achadia or Acadia. But that also has problems Acedia? because Acadia, Acadia. Anyway, you can just cut all this out. Then isn't that like a type of wood? You can just cut this from the episode. <laughs> That is a type that of is wood. That is Acadia, yeah. That Acadia is, wood. That is, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, we're back at it. Um, now that Lad is... I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, uh, so sloth is sorrow at spiritual good. Uh, Enrique says that that um, is kind of a, a lack of desire for excellence. Yeah, I think that there's something there. I think that you, you've got a... Um, it's like the excellent is held out to you, and you, you instead of saying... Yeah, I want that. You say, yeah, like uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. This is good enough. Yeah, good enough, right? But it's interesting because we talked about how pride is a disordered desire for excellence a lot. Like that's been a, a constant topic. Uh, a, a pride is a disordered desire for excellence. Um, 
So it's got to be like a, a, a defect of that desire that sloth is, right? If it, it, it's almost like that it's the disorder, but on the defect side. Wasn't it, um, was it the conference on last Friday that he talked about? I, I could be totally confusing this with like a lecture or something I watched other than this, but the, the pride aspect comes in in that, you know, you want your independence. Like the acedia, it's like you should... You you should um, be doing something. There is, a, in a sense, you are obligated. You have some kind of um, responsibility to do one thing, but you and your pride say that is not what I want to do. I want to do something else, mm. and so you shun. Like like a key feature of of sloth or, or acedia is like there might be something like the thing that is most important for you to be doing might be looming over you. And yet you do a million and a half other different things, you know, instead of that one thing that you're supposed to do. Like, that's a key indicator right there of a CD. I can't remember, like, if that was well, talked about at the conference or... I, I think I may have been in that conversation. I don't know. It seems familiar. I don't yeah. know where it was. But uh, I think it's still related to what we we're talking about because it's, it's, it's um, I mean, the most excellent thing to do at a particular moment may be, you know tackle this difficult thing that would be the excellent thing to do mm-hmm. and so to go to pursue all these other little things mm-hmm. it's not the most excellent thing even though it looks good because you're yeah. looking busy or whatever well i was just trying to see like how does the pride make itself how how, how does it embed itself oh, into into yeah. this vice and i think again it's the it's like the no i want my independence oh, I, I want to prioritize yeah. i want to prioritize for myself what is most important and i have not made i have not been the one to make this thing most important, so I'm going to avoid doing it, you know, so. No, I, I think that there's something, you're, you're on the right track, because um, we want to, like, there's, there's two uh, mistakes that we could make, I think, about the vice of sloth, um, as far as thinking things are slothful uh, when they're not, uh, you know, we could say that, or vice versa, thinking things aren't slothful when they really are, right? Um, so being busy in and of itself is not, uh, is not enough to say that you don't have the vice of, of sloth. Right. We could say that, right? That's what you were kind of hinting at, that um, it's, not, it, it's not enough to just kind of uh, be busy and then, you know, to be diligent or something like that. Uh, maybe diligence is a little bit different, but we could talk about that as kind of a help but uh, to always be doing something is you could be super busy and still be slothful because you're not you're not finding what's excellent or, or you're not seeking after the, the 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 things that are truly worth something or the things that you're supposed to be doing which are basically the same thing right that in God's plan for our lives it's not like those two things are, are different yeah so don't we um at times call it uh, being busy bodies instead of just busy because being a busy body has the sense of just filling your time with small things that may be good small goods but are not what you should be focusing on yes i, I think isn't that what paul's that's like a, a saint yeah. paul quote if i remember right yeah. um and it's it, but it's so easy to fall into that and then there's the other extreme right so that's one way we can be slothful is to be a busy body and to be frantically doing things. Joseph Pieper talks about that as the, the, and he's a philosopher, he talks about that as like the work-a-day world where you just have to, you're always having to do something. And that is 
very evident in our culture. But the other thing that's really evident in our culture is a um, is like the opposite extreme, right? What are you doing? Well, I'm going to just binge on Netflix for four hours or six hours, or I'm going to finish this entire season of the show in a day. Um, and, you know, like that's that's another like expression perhaps of, uh, of the same thing, right? Because it's not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Is it wrong to watch TV? No, it's not. But is it wrong to maybe spend all of our time doing that all the time? Definitely, <laughs> you know, like there's something that we're, we're missing. Um, and I think there's a, uh, there's a certain amount of um, connection between the two things. It's like a boomerang. Are you talking about virtues in the, in the middle? And uh, you can be slothful on either side of the, like you can be super lazy or you can be super busy and both could be an expression of this vice of being slothful. So um, what is the, um, what's the kind of your first thought about like how, how to get out of this or how, what, you know, kind of to explain it more or to uh, understand it a little bit more. Let's scratch that question. I'm going to take that out. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we. Or I mean, or I don't know. Let's 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 throw that around, and then maybe we'll find a nugget in here. All right. So what's kind of your? Yeah, this is good. So um, what's kind of y'all's first reaction to that idea that you can be slothful in both a lazy way? and in a super busy way. And where do you see kind of yourself, if you want to share a little bit, like where do you see yourself tending um, in, in regards to, to this vice? All right, so my reaction to that. I, like, I, I'm, I'm initially just like wondering, is, is it sloth or, is it some, or would we call it something else if you have the excess, you know, of the, if, in excess of the mean? Um, would we still call it sloth? And I'm, I'm just like, I'm going through my mind. Well, if we use the definition that we used before about sloth being the the laziness of the spiritual good, um, then yeah, or sorrow and spiritual good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah of the sorrow and spiritual yeah. good. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, it would be because Definitely. we're ignoring our responsibility. We're ignoring the spiritual good in favor of maybe a temporary mortal um, mortal good. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board with the, with calling that. Sloth. I know for me, so um, like, so which do I tend towards? I would say the excess. You know, like I'm, I love, I like to do lists, and I like to make boxes on the to do list, and I derive enormous satisfaction from getting to like put a check mark in the box by each of the items. Like the the act itself of getting to check the item, I find great satisfaction in. So so so. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I might be faced with, okay, so I've got the weekend to accomplish these 10 things. And one of these is going to be the most difficult one to do and the one that I'm least looking forward to doing. And it's also might be the most important one on the list. But there's these other things that I can accomplish with less effort and I can still derive that same satisfaction of checking the boxes. And I will very frequently, prioritize like oh man i'm gonna knock these things out it's gonna feel so great and i'll just boom 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 i'll do those things and i'm gonna i'll defer doing the thing that's like 
no, this is what I should start with. Like, just get the important thing done. Yeah. So, that, like, that's that's like a reflection. You know, that's on my own personal reflection about which do I tend towards. It's it's that for sure. And uh, you know, I um, in one of my courses recently, we we um, read an excerpt from uh, the book on consideration by um, uh, oh goodness, of course I'm forgetting who it's by now. Uh, Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. And he wrote it to the Pope Eugenius the Third, I think. And he told, like, he in it, like, he told him, he was just like, like, don't, you know, like, be, be, uh, be on guard against, like, giving in to that idea of just like knocking out all the to-do items, you know, at the expense of like the contemplative life, at the expense mm-hmm. of like this thing which is like more important, uh, in a sense, you know. No, like objectively, it's more important <laughs> because it's the end for which everything else is directed. Yeah, right. Like, right. So, so I certainly, I like, I think right there we see we see sloth, we see acedia, if we want to use that word. Um, that's that's a prime example of a certain um, instantiation. Of yeah, I'm on board with that. Like that's that's definitely me too. I I have this app. I don't know if y'all have heard of this Trello? called Trello. Oh, yes. And I love <laughs> Trello. Like, it's it's been my favorite thing recently to, like, figure out the way. I probably have spent more time than – in some sometimes, right? I spend more time than it would just take me to do something manually just to figure out how to do it, like, the right way on Trello so that I can do it in the future. Because I'm like – and it, it's not wrong to do those kind of things, right? It's not wrong to use, like, a, a, a thing like that. But I do catch myself, like, okay, this is fun, and I'm doing this. For me, it's fun, right? I know that that's super nerdy, but it is, right? To get to check the box or to get to create the thing, yep. make everything like that. Um, but the question is, is that what is going to make me excellent? Is that is that what Christ is calling me to do right now? Because um, checking boxes is not what gets us to to heaven, right? Like, no, the, it's it's receiving the love of God and loving Him in return, and out of that love that we receive from Him, like pouring forth that that actually we go to heaven through, right? By becoming more and more like Christ. Um, which is the whole purpose of this kind of, you know, growing in virtue thing, right? But it's not checking boxes. Uh, in, I sorry, Enrique made an inquisitive face, and and uh, but but I guess the the thing that um, the thing that pops into my head when I say that though is this could be really tough to to figure out because um, if I'm if I'm not doing anything, that's problematic, right? And if I'm doing too much, that's all. That also could be an expression of of sloth, right? And it's like, well, what do I, what am I supposed to do, Lord? Like, how how do I, uh, how do I make sure that there's an actual, like, I'm actually doing the things that are bringing bringing you glory, bringing excellence, and that kind of thing. I guess one of the things that I'm thinking, we're we are speaking a lot about doing. Yeah which is, I think, super related to this. But I'm just going back to the, to the definition of sloth. I can't say it right. Sloth, sloth. Something. Uh, sorrow at spiritual good. So it seems to me that, I mean, 
this sorrow is like an inner attitude at like something that's around you, right? That's it's linked to this doing, right? But it's not necessarily like could I be doing a lot of things and not have sorrow at spiritual good? Yes. Uh, and therefore, like, would I not be slothful? Even if sometimes I am not doing the first thing that I need to be doing first, and I am checking the other nine boxes that are easier, but if I'm not having sorrow at the spiritual good, uh, mm. am, am I necessarily being slothful? Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to get, get, get deeper into understanding exactly what it is. What it is. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, I think that, that that bears some reflection here, and maybe we can kind of kind of talk it out here. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking, um, are you neglecting your spirituality and your good when you're doing all of the smaller things, when you're not doing the main thing? I think that, that the slothfulness or the slothfulness comes in whenever you're neglecting the spiritual good. So it, it could be you're doing all these small spiritually good things but you're not focused on the major good thing right now because I, i'm thinking when i think to do lists i don't necessarily think about spiritual goods right like i can just have a lot of different things to do yeah and some are just really difficult yeah and i'm not i mean sure that maybe because doing something hard can give me maybe a little bit more of spiritual good right but i i don't know like it seems like sloth is getting at something even deeper than just Sometimes I choose to not do something that's difficult to do other things that are simple, unless it would be unless it would be and maybe to your point, Tony, and I think it's really good. Unless I would actually I actually think this is really good. Thank you, Tony. Uh, if I choose not to pray because I got stuff to do, I'm like, oh, praying right now. I got all these things to do, and if I have a duty to a certain amount of prayer every day that I've set up for myself with the Lord or because of my vocation, like being a seminarian or a priest, mm -hmm. then that's definitely slow. Uh, right, right, I, I because you're neglecting it. Yeah. That's yeah. precisely where I think it, the busyness like comes in. And, and and you were kind of nodding when I talked about the letter to, to Eugenius III. Like that's precisely the thing he's talking about. Right, like right, right. When, you're, you when your to-do list that's 10 and a half pages long, you know, when it, when it finally takes over, you know, what... Would have otherwise been, um, you know, some time in contemplation uh, with the Lord or some exercise of your faith. That is precisely when slope has entered in. Yeah, on the busy side, or if you're just lazy and don't go to prayer. Yeah, or that's the other side. Better watch right? Netflix. Yeah, know? I mean, but that, this this is really true though. I like how many times. I mean, I know that this has been my experience in prayer. How many times have I like if I have gone to prayer even. I haven't given myself over to actually praying sometimes because I'm like checking off the box, like thinking about what I have to do next, right? Like what's the next thing that I have to do? And I think that that's a, like a, a sign, maybe not of like a full-blown slothfulness, but like that's the tendency, that's the desire, right? The good, the good thing, the spiritual good and my spiritual good, the thing that's going to lead me to the ultimately what God is calling me to do is sitting like... This is the time for it. And I'm like, I got I got other stuff to do, Jesus. Right? But it's not necessarily wrong to like say that to Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is a, uh, it's like an unfolding, uh, like it reveals our priorities. I, I, yes, that's what I was thinking, priorities. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I know I've been talking a ton, I'm sorry. But like, like this is all like, so I have like a, like a, a personal example that I think it just draws us out ideally. 
So the summer of 2018, I was assigned to a Sacred Heart um, parish in Waco with Father Benji Bagne. And, uh, you know, so I had been there for, like, at, you know, the better part of the summer. I was, like, kind of towards the end. Um, and, you know, I was active and doing a lot of things and had a lot of different, like, responsibilities around the parish. I mean, y'all have all done parish times. You know what it's like. So, um, and I remember I had one particular project that I had been working on, and I was, like, trying to get this project done before the end of the summer. And I was, like, kind of buttoned up towards, you know, only had, like, a couple weeks left. And it involved, like, going to Home Depot, getting a lot of stuff there. And I remember one day, I forget what day of the week, sometime in the middle of the week, but uh, I literally, like, made the conscious decision. I was just like, okay, we have mass at 12.05, or it'd be more efficient, and and this is how I rationalized it, it'd be way more efficient for me to go to Home Depot first and then make this errand, this errand, and then I can get these, these projects done. And I did. Like, I was just like, I'll just skip the daily mass that day and go make like make the errand run, go to Home Depot, do all this stuff, and I'll get all these projects knocked out. It'll be so efficient. Right? That was like that was like my thinking. And like that evening, like in reflection, I was just like, wow, that's like a huge red flag. The choice that I would like I chose to skip going to the daily mass. It wasn't like it's you know, it's not like skipping a Sunday mass obligation, but still it's just like yeah, for a seminarian, I, I'm a seminarian assigned to a parish in the summer and I elected to not go to the daily mass so that I could like maximize efficiency uh, to get these projects done. Like that's a like prime example I think from my life. Right, and, and one thing that uh, uh, I've been thinking about is not only uh, of the neglect, but also of the level of commitment, because uh, because we are told to be faithful in the little things. Mm-hmm. We're also we also need to be faithful in the big things, and there I think that there's also like a like a level or like a hierarchy of commitments that we have to work on and focus on, and to ignore the the better or or the more spiritual good commitment in favor of a smaller spiritual good commitment. Could also be a bit of a slothfulness. Or this brings me back to to what uh, Deacon Will was saying of priorities. This hierarchy you were saying, this mm-hmm. gradation. It seems to me that it's almost like we gotta keep in mind, like okay, my number one priority is to like get to heaven, right? My number mm-hmm. one priority is to love the Lord above all things. And depending on my vocation, whether I'm a parent or a, a seminarian, a priest, uh, that's gonna be expressed a little bit differently. But for example, for a seminarian. Um, or a priest especially, or a deacon who's made the promises of praying the divine office every day, like that is number one priority. You stop whatever you need to stop, even if you're going to work less, if, whatever, you, you stop and you pray the liturgy of the hours, right? And, but there's like, you, we have to somehow like ingrain it into our head, like my number one priority is to get to heaven. And if I'm choosing things that in accordance with my vocation are getting in the way, mm-hmm. it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might even add to, to that idea. My number one priority is to get to heaven, but to always remember that it's it's like my number one priority is to be loved by God, to receive the love of God in my life each day. And that's what the prayer of the, like me praying the divine office is first and foremost going to the Lord and receiving his love. Yes, I'm, I get to be a privileged instrument of like cooperating to show that love to other people as well, but it's being with the Lord that's like, that is the priority, right? It's the Mar- the Martha and Mary's, my favorite, probably has become my favorite, uh, one of my favorite gospel stories. Mm-hmm. This The whole yeah. Martha-Mary tale of where Martha, she's doing good things. 
Right? She's literally waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? You can't, we always talk about like wanting to serve the Lord. She was literally bringing the man food. I mean, think about that. And, uh, and, but what happens? Because she's not spending time with him. Right? And she gets fed up and anxious. And Jesus has to say the one thing, like Mary has chosen the better part. And it's not like that means Martha's part is bad. It just means you gotta you gotta sit at my feet too. And I mean, connecting it back to, to this whole idea of heaven and receiving the, the 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 love of God, in some way, it's like beginning to live heaven on earth. Like mm-hmm. it's my number one priority is to just be in heaven. Like why would I give up? Like give up my opportunity of living heaven on earth for some like stupid task, right? But we, do it, all, but, but we or, do it all the time. Or, or, or even a really good and important or, task. Or an important task, you yeah. Know? yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but this, is, this is why, um, like what you're talking, when you say the words heaven on earth, I go back to, uh, to Father Jim Swift's uh, like talks about the liturgy, right? Because he just ingrained, he was our, a few of our director at a different seminary, and he just ingrained over and over again, like the liturgy is... Is, is heaven on earth, right? Like, so I, I, this kind of brings to an, another, another uh, topic, or not another topic, but another part of our topic today. Um, but the, the way that we overcome the virtue of sloth, ultimate, vice. Uh, the vice, dang it, vice. the vice, <laughs> excuse me, the go. vice of sloth, basically, is true leisure, right? True, le- and going, like, Liturgy, ultimately, which is the highest expression of man's lit- uh, leisure, right? Liturgy is not useful. Yeah, t- talk to us more about what, what do you when you use the word leisure, because I know how you're using it. Because, yeah. Well, uh, like uh, Joseph Pieper uses it, but yeah. tell us more about when you when you say leisure, what do you mean, and how is that's not sloth? Because I think a lot of people yeah. would perhaps say, or oh, you just you know you're I don't know taking some time with leisure, yeah. you're being sl- slothful. So so uh, leisure is not like the. Act- necessarily the absence of like doing things that are difficult right or like reading or or writing or even uh it's it's this uh peeper says it's the mental it's a mental and spiritual attitude right towards life it's not simply the result of external factors or the inevitable result of spare time or a holiday or vacation, it is in the first place an attitude of the mind, a condition of the soul, and um, that allows us to see the world as it really is, um, to receive the gift that God is trying to give us in each moment is kind of the, the one way to, to think about it. Do I um, am I am I always trying to control things? Am I always trying to to grab onto things? Am I always trying to do these things, or am I receiving the gift that the Lord is uh, is giving? Right. So it's. I I wonder the distinction is, is Augustine makes makes this distinction of uti and fui. Right. Is he the one that makes uh, that? Yeah, he does. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like he. So he makes a distinction of using things just as a means to an end, or as end in themselves. Yeah. And sometimes when we use things only as means, we miss the beautiful thing that is being presented to us like for example um yeah yeah um let's say i don't know uh, an example somebody <laughs> so so here we go so here's something if um 
take like a rose or any kind of like flower that like emits like a nice smell. Um, I, this is totally from the hip. So if I'm way Let's off, then then call That's me what out. We do here. You know. So if so if if you if if you like take some flower and let's say you you um, just like put it in some room just so that it can permeate the room with this nice smell and that's it. Like the only purpose for, for the flowers to permeate the room with this nice smell or to cover up, you know, some staleness or something like that, then it's a means to an end. The end is making the room smell okay or not at least not smell bad. And we can say that that would be, that that is a wholly different activity than, um, than taking that same flower and actually just like admiring it, even, even if only for, you know, moments or bringing like, it into the like room ad admiring it just because it is worth having in the room right or, or or even just like admiring like the beauty that is there in this flower and, and and maybe the beauty that it brings to the room or uh you know in addition to you know it's the, the the reason that you the reason that you take the flower or buy the flowers or whatever the reason that you acquire the flower isn't just for the purpose of creating some smell in a space but rather there's like an experience like there's an experience in the beholding of the thing itself, right? And like beholding, beholding the goodness in the thing itself and recognizing it as both the reflection of and a participation in the goodness of its creator, right? And, and in some way, we may, not make, we may not make those connections explicitly when we look at it, but, some, but implicitly and on a certain level, we understand that that's what's happening. I, what do y'all think? Is that a no, I think that fitting example? There, yeah. Yeah, uh, one example I was thinking of, um, I guess because I'm a gamer and I can think of that way more, uh, but like games. Um, why do some people play games? Uh, sometimes it's escapism and sometimes they are abusing the game in and of itself instead of exper experiencing what, let's say, the storyline or even uh, cooperation. If it's a multiplayer game, the ends of the game should be enjoying a time with friends doing some activity even if it's digitally sure. or even let's just say sports games um the, yeah. the the whole thing is to enjoy each other's company each other's competition whatever it may be and not so much in of itself of the game and so focused on i, I don't know really how to explain yeah it's not it's not about like a game is a game because there's no useful point to it mm -hmm. right there's no like it's not like i I mean, I, I play sports. I started playing sports in, a little bit in seminary because it was like a fun way to do something athletic and I wanted to get like the, the, the workout from it, right? But I, as I got better at the sport, I started to love just playing the sport, not necessarily for the workout, just to have fun. And that's beautiful because I could ask you, why are you playing this, this sport? And you wouldn't say, oh, just because I need to get some workout in, but you would say, no, because I enjoy playing. I enjoy it. I enjoy being with my brothers. Right. It, it, and so all of those things that you guys mentioned are, are kind of, they're still kind of means, right? Because like a, a rose, it, I mean, you, but you can appreciate the thing as it is, right? So I, I think um, I, I, was, I was just trying to remember this quote and I found it. Um, the contrary to, to sloth, right, is our uh, happy and cheerful affirmation of our own being. Our acquiescence, or our like, just saying yes to um, the world and to God, right? Like to the to the world that God has created and um, to the God who has created it, right? So, and, and Peter connects that with um, with love, right? 
Love is the opposite of sloth, right? Charity is really the contrary virtue to, to sloth. And that expresses itself in this, this leisure, right? Because the lover doesn't, like, do things for the beloved. Uh, in his, he, he does do things for the beloved, right? He or she does things for the beloved. But it's more about love desires union, right? That's, that's the end for which everything is done is this relationship. So sloth is kind of a virtue that, or dang it, a vice. Sloth is a vice, a vice that uh, attacks our desire to be in relationship, ultimately. That's, that, that's what the sorrow at spiritual good, that's the, the code for, well, what's the spiritual good? The spiritual good is being in relationship with God. And sloth says, I don't, I don't want to do the things that will help me to be in relationship with God. Um, and it's, it's like a married couple, as uh, the author, De Young talks about in Glittering Vices. I'll put this stuff in the show notes. Um, like, if a married couple is having problems, or even if they're not, right? Um, if they're just going through like a kind of a, not a rough patch, but just like a nothing patch, they still have to do the things that keep them in relationship, right? Like, I remember my mom saying to me when I was a little kid, well, we never go to bed angry, right? Like we always say, like, I love you. Like that's, and that's just the deal, right? Like period. It's not, it's not that like you can't have feelings still. It wasn't like repress your feelings. It was just like, nope, we always say goodnight and we always say I love you, right? Like period. Or when a, when a husband leaves the house, he kisses his wife every time, even if they had just had a fight, right? Like there's these little things and Sloth says, I don't want to do those things because they don't feel good right now, right? And that's the measure of, of, uh, of love, right? Uh, so there's this, um, it's kind of this rejection of the demands of love uh, in the words of Dion. I guess uh, one way that the secular you might explain that is going through the motions of just going through the motions of life, going through the motions of work, just showing up and doing what it is you need to do. For us, it could be uh, our slothfulness will be, we'll go, we'll go through the motions, we have to be at Mass, we're going to be at Mass, we're going to go through the motions. Father, Son, I'm totally disconnected, totally... Yeah. Oh, wait, well, where are we again? Oh, second reading already. So, yeah, but be, be careful, right? Because sometimes the motions, right, the ritual act, you're right, like we could we could go through the motions and just kind of do things like nothing, right? But sometimes the motions, right, still choosing actively to do the thing even when I don't want to do it, right? To go to Mass when I don't really want to go to Mass. To go take care of my screaming two-year-old when all I want to do is have a beer, right? Like, that is what love is. Yeah. An the, act, an act, it's an act of the will. It's an act of the will, right? So it's the, th it's the things, so we have to do the things, to overcome sloth, we do the things that lead us to greater charity, right? That's, that's the, the kind of the, the, the recipe. Um, Newman says that we're all made for a definite purpose. Cardinal Newman, he's a saint now. Um, and so he invites us to reflect on the fact that God created you and I for some specific task. And that task could be little, it could be small. We might not know it now. We might 
uh, and, but we will know it in the future. Um, there's a wonderful prayer. If you look up uh, Cardinal Newman on Providence, maybe I'll put it in the, the show notes or something like that. Um, but he's talking about how like we just trust God and we do the things that love demands. Uh, and but so I just want to offer something that Robert Barron talks about as uh, as a method of overcoming sloth. By Robert Barron, Bishop. 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 Excuse me, Bishop. Bishop. His Excellency. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Talking to him, I hear us. Yeah. Okay. Robert. So I just more editing. He might be his friend. Who knows? I just want to offer something that His Excellency Bishop Robert Barron. Auxiliary Bishop of the Diocese of Los Angeles, California, in the United States of America, uh, who said this when he was Father Robert Barron. <laughs> Let me just get all the attributions correct. Uh, he said, uh, one of the ways that we can do this is by engaging in the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Because these are concrete actions, right? So it's a spiritual vice. Sloth is a... Is a a lack of love for something that's spiritual, right? But we're bodily and spiritual creatures. And so uh, what we do with our body has an impact uh, with our spirit. And so if we can't do the thing, if we can't do the thing that, uh, spiritually speaking, right, if, it, if, it's, if it's hard for whatever reason, and it could be hard for a lot of different reasons, we can choose to do something concrete uh, like going and feeding people or going and talking to the person who's homeless on the street or I don't know, like one of them is burying the dead. So that would just mean like going to a funeral that we of, of someone and praying for them. And it, like all these things uh, help us to actually refocus and to, to be charitable to our brothers and sisters and will help us to also be charitable to the, towards, to grow in charity towards the Lord as well. Kind of like leaning into it, right? Like, yeah. I, I feel sorrow at the spiritual good, but I know these things are spiritual goods, so I'm just going to choose them and just do them. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's yeah. going to correct my will so that I begin to have... Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Ar I mean, Aristotle says, you know, in his talking about, you know, eth like ethics, the Nicomachean ethics, he says, like, yeah, if, you're, if you find yourself in a deficiency, the way to get to the mean that we've been talking about is to, like, kind of, like, you got to really double down and kind of course correct and bring yourself back to that to that mean. Yeah, I think the other thing that's really important uh, is that we double down on like going to liturgy. Right, you have to go like even if it's really hard to go to Sunday mass, even if you get nothing out of Sunday mass, the sacrifice of going to Sunday mass and saying this time is set aside for the Lord every day, or I'm sorry, every Sunday is essential. And even, I mean, the, the reason I said every day is like, we should be praying. I was thinking in my mind, we need to be praying every day. It doesn't matter what your state in life is. If you're a seminarian, if you're a priest, if you're a, a mom or a dad, if you're a high school kid, right? you have to be praying every day. Because that is your relationship with the Lord. It's going to look different. I'm, I have, I'm going to pray the liturgy of the hours every day, and I'm going to have time to do a, some, some other personal prayer. It could be like five minutes in the morning, but you've got to spend time with the Lord 
uh, each and every day if we want to overcome this this virtue. Because what what really overcome this vice? Dang it! <laughs> God, dang it! <laughs> you have to spend time with the Lord if you want to overcome this vice. Because what really brings us out of ourselves is is being in relationship. It's not it's not doing a bunch of stuff. It's being actually in a relationship with a person. And the only way you do that is to spend time with them. I think here there's like an, an element of trust, like of trusting, like spending this time in prayer or going to Mass on Sundays is good for me regardless of how I feel about it. Like it requires like I, a just abandonment and saying, no, I trust that this is what's good for me and I'm going to stick to it and I'm going to show up I'm going to keep showing up, trusting that the Lord eventually will transform my heart so that it's not as, as difficult. Um, yeah. And I find myself living that in prayer sometimes. It's like, oh my, it's, it, sometimes prayer can feel like you're wasting your time and you have to have this act of, of trust uh, saying, no, Lord, like, I, I, I trust and I hope and I know uh, that even though it feels like I'm wasting my own time, you are working in me. So there's a wonderful quote from Glittering Vices by Young that I just want to share because I think that it really sums up what you just said. Um, it says this, Perhaps in our age we are more prone than ever to expect too much of love as a feeling and too little of love as an ongoing choice and commitment. In our worship services and our marriages we expect emotional highs that will carry us through life's difficult times when we would better expect engagement in daily disciplines to sustain us in our commitments. Achadia, or Slow's greatest temptations, are escapism and despair. When we don't feel like being godly or loving anymore, to abandon ship and give up, to drift away inwardly or outwardly towards something more comfortable or immediately comforting. A light breeze bends a feeble plant. A fantasy about a trip, trip away drags off the person overcome with Achadia writes the Desert Fathers. Thus, its greatest remedy is to resist the urge to get up or give up, get out or give up, and instead to stay the course, to stick to one's commitments and persevere. To persevere. Right? Like, do it. Do it whether it feels good or not. Rejoice in the consolation. Say, Lord, this sucks in the desolation, but still showing up to prayer, still showing up to Mass still showing up for our brothers and sisters who need us. They need, like, we all have a part to play and uh, in this thing we call providence. And, like, our brothers and our sisters need us to love well. Um, and it's such a, a, it's a gift, but it's, it's one of those hard gifts. All right, cool. Well, that's all the time we have today uh, for Excess and Defect. Thanks for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please share um, this podcast with others so that they can also uh, grow closer to our Lord and grow more conformed to him. Peace out.